Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to History Tea Time. I'm Lindsay Holliday and I'm spilling the tea on history. Today I have a special treat for all my new podcast listeners. An exclusive early listen to three new episodes, which won't be appearing on YouTube until next month. Visiting the castles and palaces of Britain as a child was what first sparked my lifelong love of history. Stepping into banqueting halls and privy chambers has always made me feel as though I am stepping into the past. Whether you have had the privilege to visit any of these remarkable sites, or you just want to enjoy daydreaming about them, I invite you to come on this journey with me. Royal Castles and Palaces of England Part 1 Medieval What makes a man a king? Aside from genetic luck and a glittering crown, it's a castle. From the defensive towers erected by William I to secure his conquest of England, to the grand banqueting halls of Henry VIII, the luxurious staterooms of the Stuarts and Georgians, to the lovingly and expensively maintained residences of the modern royal family. Royal castles and palaces have played witness to the lives of kings and queens, and many key moments in history. Their evolution reflects the changing needs and tastes of the monarchy. In this three-part series, we'll explore 15 of the most historically important royal castles and palaces of England. Let's begin with the medieval castles built to be tough and to impose the king's might upon his subjects. Comfort and luxury were an afterthought to staying alive during siege warfare. These oldest royal residences have nearly a millennia of history under their belts. They have been transformed many times over the years and have served a number of colorful purposes, from seat of democratic government to scene of tyrannical torture and execution, from fabricated namesake of the modern royal family to Queen Elizabeth's favorite home to this day. The Palace of Westminster, royal residence from the 1020s to 1530. 
King Canute the Great built the first royal residence on strategic Thorny Island in the Thames, just west of the city of London in the 1020s. A few decades later, Edward the Confessor built an abbey on the island, and the castle became known as Westminster, as it was west of the Minster, the old English word for church. The name caught on, and soon the abbey was also called Westminster. The palace functioned as a primary residence of the late Anglo-Saxon kings. The Wittgemot, an early predecessor of Parliament, first met in Westminster Hall, although they followed the king as he moved around the country. Westminster continued to be the primary English royal residence after William the Conqueror took over in the Norman invasion. Throughout the Middle Ages and the Norman and Plantagenet dynasties, Westminster was the center of royal power. In 1295, during the reign of Edward I, the first official parliament with representatives from around the country met here. The palace witnessed the birth of Edward I, Edward V, and the death of Edward IV. In 1512, early in the reign of Henry VIII, a fire destroyed the royal privy chambers. Henry moved his court to the Palace of Whitehall and used that as his new royal residence. But Parliament continued to meet at Westminster, as it does to this day. As the palace had been built as a residence rather than a government building, there were no chambers large enough for the two legislative bodies to meet. State ceremonies took place in the Painted Chamber, originally Henry III's bedchamber. This room was nearly demolished by the failed gunpowder plot of 1605, when Guy Fawkes and co-conspirators attempted to blow up the King and Parliament. Remember, remember the 5th of November. The House of Commons, elected by the people, did not have a chamber of its own, so often held debates next door in Westminster Abbey. In the 1550s, the Commons took up residence in the St. Stephen's Chapel, the former chapel of the royal family. The House of Lords continued to balloon as successive monarchs appointed more like-minded lords to get around the limitations of the Constitution. By 1801, the lords had outgrown the Painted Chamber and moved into the larger White Chamber. Parliament struggled to conduct business in the limited space of the medieval building. New structures of varying style and quality were added to the patchwork palace. Architectural critics panned the mashup of medieval, gothic, and neoclassical architecture. In 1834, a stove used to destroy the exchequer's tally sticks overheated and burned nearly the whole mess to the ground. King William IV offered the newly completed Buckingham Palace, which he did not care for, to Parliament. But they didn't savor the idea of trying to retrofit yet another royal residence to their needs. Other fresh sites were considered for a brand new Parliament building, but the allure of history was too strong. The Parliament building we see today was completed in 1860 on the site of the 800-year-old Westminster Palace. This neo-Gothic construction includes the iconic Clock Tower, which was renamed Elizabeth Tower in 2012 in honor of Elizabeth II's Diamond Jubilee. 
The bell inside it, which chimes the hour across the city of London, is nicknamed Big Ben. The Tower of London, royal residence from 1078 to the 1500s. William the Conqueror took the throne of England by force in 1066. He left the previous king, Harold Godwinson, dead at the Battle of Hastings. But when he arrived in London, the large and disgruntled population weren't eager to hand over the keys to the capital. It took William several weeks of siege to finally conquer London. He then built a domineering castle on the River Thames to leave no question in the minds of Londoners as to who was now in charge. William and his Norman knights built 36 castles across England to establish their dominance. These massive and intimidating structures rose high above the wooden homes and businesses of the English. The Tower of London was built atop two existing Roman-era walls. In William's time, it was partially constructed of timber, but a century later, all the structures were replaced with stone. The White Tower, the oldest part of the complex, is the oldest stone keep in England. Within the tower, there were apartments fit for the use of the royal family, though their primary residence was still Westminster Palace. The White Tower was a fortress the king could hull up in if London were attacked. In 1135, King Henry I died with only one living child, a daughter, Matilda. The English didn't believe a woman could rule, so her cousin, Stephen of Blois, arrived from France to claim the throne. He moved immediately to take the Tower of London, for whoever held the tower held the throne. In 1191, while Richard I was busy in the Crusades and neglecting England, his Lord Chancellor, William Longchamp, built up the tower's defenses. He ordered a moat to be dug, which he tried to fill with water from the Thames. Instead, it ended up full of sewage. King Richard's younger brother, John, tried to take power by taking the tower. Longchamp defended it for three days, but then decided there wasn't much point fighting for a king who couldn't be bothered to show up. So he handed the tower over to John. He was an incredibly unpopular king and angered his barons into rebellion. While John was away at Windsor Castle, a group of barons took control of the Tower of London and used it as leverage to force the king to sign the Magna Carta, the first constitution which limited the king's power. King Henry III also fought frequently with his barons and spent a great deal of time living in the tower for security. He renovated the royal apartments and ordered the main tower to be whitewashed, thus it came to be known as the White Tower. His son, Edward I, was a skilled military tactician. He expanded the tower using the latest defense technology, including extensive use of arrow slits. He built the tower close to how it looks today. After Edward I, the tower was rarely used as a royal residence. But beginning with Richard II, it became the traditional location where new monarchs spent the night before their coronation. In the morning, they would lead a procession from the Tower of London to Westminster Abbey to be crowned. 
The tower also became notorious as a prison for the monarch's high-ranking enemies. When Richard II proved unpopular and was defeated by his cousin Henry IV, he was held prisoner there, forced to abdicate, and later murdered. In the 1400s, two branches of the royal family, the Yorks and the Lancasters, feuded over the throne. Mentally ill King Henry VI was captured by the new king, his cousin Edward IV. According to tradition, Henry VI was stabbed to death while praying at his private chapel in the Tower of London. When Edward IV died young, leaving his vulnerable 12-year-old son, Edward V, he and his younger brother Richard were kidnapped and placed in the tower by their uncle, who had himself named King Richard III. The princes were never seen again and were most likely murdered on Richard's orders. He was killed at the Battle of Bosworth by Henry VII, who claimed the throne and ended the Wars of the Roses. He was staying with his family at the Tower of London when his wife, Elizabeth of York, died in childbirth. Their 11-year-old son was traumatized by the loss. When he ascended the throne as King Henry VIII, he didn't have much interest in spending time at the site of his mother's death. By the 1500s, warfare had evolved from siege tactics to the battlefield, so Henry had far less need of fortified castles than his ancestors had. He built or stole several new, sprawling palaces in the open, modern Renaissance style. Though the Tower of London still held its place in tradition, Henry's second wife, Anne Boleyn, spent the night before her coronation there, less than three years later when she had angered her husband by failing to bear him a son. She was imprisoned in the tower, put on trial on trumped-up charges of adultery and incest, and beheaded on Tower Green. Her cousin, Henry's fifth wife, Catherine Howard, also made a date with the blade inside the tower. Through the centuries, the tower held many famous prisoners, and it continues to keep secure the priceless collection of the crown jewels. Queen Elizabeth I used the tower as a zoo to house the many exotic animals she received as gifts. In 1661, Charles II was the last monarch to proceed from the tower to Westminster Abbey for his coronation, but he found the royal apartments too run down and refused to spend the night there. The last person to be executed at the Tower of London was German spy Josef Jacobs, who was shot by a firing squad in 1941. The tower's haunting past and glittering crown jewels make it the most popular paid tourist attraction in Britain today, with an estimated 3 million visitors each year. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Windsor Castle, 1070 to today. Windsor is the longest occupied palace in Europe and has been a home to the English royal family for nearly a thousand years. In the decade following his invasion, William the Conqueror erected a defensive ring of castles around London. Each was a day's march, about 20 miles or 32 kilometers, outside of the city, and the same distance between each castle. This ring provided a layer of protection in case enemies set their sights on invading London. Windsor Castle was ideally located near the River Thames and Windsor Forest, a royal hunting preserve previously used by Saxon kings. The original castle was constructed of wood in the Mott and Bailey style. A Mott is a hill, often man-made upon which the keep or tower sits. A Bailey is a courtyard surrounded by a defensive wall and a moat or ditch. This design is ideal for military defense. The elevated keep gave the castle holder the advantage of seeing who was approaching and of firing downward and the bailey provided a secure place for people and supplies to be brought in and protected in the event of a siege. The Normans introduced the Mott and Bailey to England, and it was key to their dominance over the rebellious nation. William I didn't use Windsor as a royal residence, but his son Henry I did. He married Adeliza of Louvain there in 1121. By this time, the wooden structure was collapsing and was rebuilt in stone. The first stone keep was too large and heavy for the dirt mott, and it began to crack and sink into the earth. Henry's grandson, Henry II, rebuilt the keep slightly smaller, with a stronger foundation in the 1170s. He built royal apartments and replaced the wooden bailey with stone. Henry III spent lavishly to provide his queen, the beautiful Eleanor of Provence, with every luxury. This included extensive renovations of the royal apartments, construction of a chapel, and three new towers. He refurbished the Grand Hall and built new kitchens to accommodate extravagant royal banquets. Edward III was born there, and it became his favorite castle. He spent 1.5 times his annual income on renovation projects, including adding St. George's Hall and Chapel. The first weight-driven mechanical clock in England was installed in the Round Tower in 1154. Edward III established the Order of the Garter and used Windsor Castle as its headquarters. The Order is, to this day, the most senior order of chivalry in Britain. New knighthoods of the Garter are still bestowed in St. George's Chapel. 
under Henry V in 1417, Windsor hosted a visit from Holy Roman Emperor Sigismund, a massive diplomatic event that stretched the hospitality of the castle to its limits. Henry's son, Henry VI, was born at Windsor, and he ascended the throne at nine months old when his father died of dysentery. His mental illness and lack of leadership sparked the Wars of the Roses. Windsor Castle was one of many key chess pieces in the family feud. When Edward IV seized the throne, he ordered a number of renovations at Windsor as a show of power. The old St. George's Chapel was taken down and a new one built, which stands today. Henry VII ended the war by uniting the branches of the family with his marriage to Elizabeth of York. The couple used Windsor frequently for grand banquets to cement the greatness of the new Tudor dynasty. In 1506, Henry hosted King Philip I of Castile there, whose sister-in-law, Catherine of Aragon, had recently been widowed by his son, Arthur. Henry VII's second son, Henry VIII, had many fond childhood memories of Windsor Castle. And while the Builder King acquired many new modern palaces and ditched several medieval castles, Windsor remained an important royal residence and stop on the King's annual summer progress around the country. Henry loved a good party and threw grand boozers at Windsor, including over-the-top Order of the Garter ceremonies. Henry had St. George's Chapel redone in an Italian Renaissance design. He was buried there in 1547. His daughter, Elizabeth I, also favored Windsor. Its utility as a defensive structure eased the mind of the queen who was frequently threatened by Catholic Europe. Elizabeth hosted numerous diplomatic engagements at Windsor, but the limited size of the medieval castle was challenging. William Shakespeare satirized this predicament in the play The Merry Wives of Windsor. The Stuart kings continued the party, but when Parliament turned on King Charles I in 1642, Windsor Castle, now piled high with royal treasures, was seen as a symbol of the injustice of the monarchy. It was looted and countless treasures were lost, including parts of King Henry VIII's elaborate tomb. Parliament won the English Civil War, and King Charles was held prisoner at Windsor before being beheaded. For a decade, the castle lay abandoned and squatters took up residence. But in 1660, the English decided they didn't care to be a republic and invited the dead king's son back to restore the monarchy as Charles II. He had been living at the court of his cousin, Louis XIV of France. After the grandeur of Versailles, he had high expectations for the luxury and comfort of a royal palace. He ordered the most extravagant Baroque interiors ever executed in England to be installed at Windsor. Queen Anne began the annual tradition of the Royal Ascot procession from the castle to the racecourse she had built nearby. During the 1700s, King George's I and II largely ignored Windsor Castle in favor of other properties, but granted royal apartments there to extended family members. 
Windsor became one of the first royal public tourist attractions and had its own guidebook. George III disliked Hampton Court and moved back to Windsor. He spent £150,000, about $130 million in today's money, to restore the castle and moved works of art there from other palaces. In his later years, George suffered from debilitating mental illness. He was confined to Windsor Castle, where he died in 1820, age 81. His son, George IV, was notorious for his lavish spending on architecture, and Windsor was no exception. The round tower and other towers were raised in height to create a more dramatic appearance, and the state apartments were remodeled in a mix of Gothic and French Rococo style. These were the last major reimaginings done at Windsor, at a price tag of over one million pounds, about a billion dollars in today's money. Queen Victoria favored Windsor to Buckingham Palace, especially after her beloved husband, Prince Albert, died and was buried there in 1861. The depressed and isolated queen became known as the Widow of Windsor. Her son, Edward VII, installed electricity and phone lines. He decluttered the staterooms and gave away numerous antiques. His son, George V's wife, Queen Mary, was a lover of art and antiques. She made it her mission to regain many of the historic items her father-in-law had given away. Whenever she visited a grand home and spotted a missing piece, she guilted its new owners into handing it over. Queen Mary gained a reputation as a kleptomaniac. She also had an extensive dollhouse built at Windsor. George V's dynasty name, Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha, came from his German grandfather, Prince Albert. But in 1917, during World War I, anti-German sentiment in Britain led George to change the family name. The new moniker he selected was Windsor, after the castle which had been in the English royal family's possession for eight and a half centuries. Thus, rebranding the German royal family as thoroughly British. In 1937, King Edward VIII abdicated the throne in order to marry Wallace Simpson, an American divorcee and Nazi sympathizer, who was not seen as an acceptable queen. His brother, now King George VI, was left with the question of what title to give a living ex-king. He granted his brother the newly invented peerage, Duke of Windsor. During World War II, King George remained in London, despite nearly being killed when Buckingham Palace was bombed. But he sent his daughters, Princesses Elizabeth and Margaret, to nearby Windsor Castle, where they would be far safer, but still close enough for he and Queen Elizabeth to visit regularly. The sturdy medieval fortress was ideal for withstanding German air raids. Priceless works of art, including the crown jewels, were removed from other royal palaces and placed in the basement of Windsor for safekeeping. When Queen Elizabeth II came to the throne in 1952, she made Windsor her primary weekend retreat. 
On November 20th, 1992, a major fire broke out in the castle, destroying nine of the principal staterooms and damaging more than a hundred others. Traditionally, property of the crown is maintained and repaired by the British government at taxpayer expense. But debate raged in the nation, as many felt the queen herself should foot the massive repair bill. A compromise was reached wherein Windsor and Buckingham Palace were opened to paid public access, and ticket revenue was used to fund the repairs. In 2018, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were wed at St. George's Chapel, Windsor Castle. In 2020, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip quarantined at Windsor during the COVID-19 pandemic. Philip died there on April 9, 2021, at the age of 99. In March 2022, the Queen announced that she will no longer return to Buckingham Palace, but will continue to live at Windsor Castle. Windsor Great Park, the ancient royal forest adjoining the castle, contains a number of manor houses, including the Royal Lodge, Frogmore House, Fort Belvedere, and Cumberland Lodge. These stately homes continue to be used as residences by a number of royal family members. Leeds Castle, 1278-1519 Leeds was first built as a Mott and Bailey after the Norman Conquest. In 1278, the castle was purchased by King Edward I's wife, Eleanor of Castile. Eleanor was a well-educated and stylish queen who adored the Arthurian legends and emulated Queen Guinevere. Edward was a famous warrior king, but was tender and loving with his wife and children. The couple made leads in the picturesque Kent countryside, their favorite holiday retreat. They created the lake which surrounds the castle and built lush royal apartments to accommodate their large family. But the charming castle was not nearly big enough for the massive retinue of attendants that usually followed the monarch as he marched around the kingdom. So Leeds became a retreat for English queens. Edward II's wife, Isabella of France, overthrew her unpopular and abusive husband, ordered his murder, and secured the throne for her son, Edward III. Her battles won, Isabella retired to the serenity of Leeds Castle. Richard II's wife, Anne of Bohemia, spent the winter of 1381 at Leeds before her spring wedding. In 1509, Henry VIII came to the throne at 18. He fell head over heels for his brother's widow, the refined and intelligent 24-year-old Spanish princess, Catherine of Aragon. Henry renovated Leeds Castle as a 10th anniversary gift for his beloved wife. The couple had suffered a number of miscarriages, but the queen had recently given birth to a healthy daughter, Princess Mary, and Henry was optimistic that more children, preferably boys, would follow. But alas, Mary would be their only surviving child. When Catherine entered menopause, Henry became bent on divorcing her. He went to the length of splitting England from the Catholic Church to do it. 
heartbroken Catherine died of cancer at the age of 50, while Henry went on to marry five more times in his quest to father a male heir. As the king's romantic life was complicated, to put it mildly, Leeds Castle, the historic retreat of English queens, was not gifted to any of his short-lived wives. Henry's successor, his son, Edward VI, had no sentimentality about the castle and gave it away to the Sheriff of Kent. While Leeds Castle would continue to be a retreat of vibrance and color, it would never again be a royal residence. In the next episode, we'll see medieval defensive castles make way for luxurious pleasure palaces, as builder king Henry VIII adds Hampton Court, Whitehall, St. James's Palace, and others to the royal property portfolio. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. I'll be putting out new podcast episodes each Thursday, revisiting and revamping my most popular YouTube videos, and adding even more fascinating information for your listening pleasure. Want some visuals with your history? Then check out my YouTube channel, also called History Tea Time with Lindsay Holiday, where you can find hundreds of videos about queens of the world, royal history, women's medical history, and more. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.